Hello everybody, welcome to Dudes of Kung Fu. In this episode, Alex and Big Sean discuss training with Wing Chun's long pole. Enjoy the episode. And every day, I practice martial arts. Hello everybody, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of... Dudes of Kung Fu. Outstanding. I For a second, I was worried, Alex. I'm like, he had this look on his face like he doesn't know what to fucking say. We only did a 700 times. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, Alex is taking a fucking stroke right here on the app. Don't worry, I won't put a stop to it. <laughs> even, even if I were having a stroke, I would still say it, and then I would just slump to the floor. <laughs> the glorious final episode of Dudes of Kung Fu. <laughs> well, I'll be co-host next week now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah you'll need to find somebody else. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> What's new and exciting, dude? Uh, well, uh, I just finished another round of edits for my second uh, book in my series, the Chum Q book. Uh, still a few weeks out on, on getting a final rough draft for a preprint on that. And uh, on top of that, I wrote an article for my first column for Wing Chun Illustrated, because as I mentioned before, I'm going to be a columnist for at least the next six issues of Wing Chun Illustrated. So I have my own column. It's called The Kung Fu Genius. And basically, I'm going to rant about uh, mostly Wing Chun culture stuff. I'm not going to talk about techniques or anything like that, or, or, or I'm not going to talk about stuff that we've covered on the podcast already. I'm just going to talk about general, like, you know, kind of what's problematic in the culture of Chinese martial arts in the modern day, especially Wing Chun. And my first article I wrote about, um, I basically debunked this nonsense about this so-called Dai Sifu title, and um, also people who call themselves Si Heng and uh, and expect other people to refer to them as Si Heng, like people who thinks that means like some kind of junior instructor level, not people who actually understand what the term really mm-hmm. means. So um, because as, as you may well be aware, um, you know, I get friend requests on Facebook all the time. I, I don't answer 95% of them, but uh, sometimes I get friend requests from somebody with Seeing in their Facebook name. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. and, and I'm always like, and I know what they think it means. They think it means a junior instructor who is not yet a Sifu. So I always call that the not yet Sifu title title. Right, right, right. But but Seeing is not a title. It doesn't even mean junior instructor. I mean, it's literally anybody who started in your right? Kung Fu school yeah. before you and yeah. started a day before you and there you're Seeing and they might have started a year before you and then they quit and you never even saw them. And for the rest of your Kung Fu life, you will have to call them Seeing. So, um, you know, but people have mistakenly um, thought that that is some kind of like a like type for junior instructor that's not quite a seafood and then they'll actually use this on their social media names and so i, I completely destroy that and there's another stupid title of Dai sifu and for anybody who heard that me, before and and for anybody who follows me on social media you, you may have seen a, a beautifully photoshopped photo of me with a crown on my head as a king with a shirt that says Dai sifu and and Dai sifu essentially means great or big sifu but it's not something that you would ever call yourself and it's not something that you would ever expect other people to call you by 
Um, it's actually not even a title. And unfortunately, it became a thing in Europe. And there are people who literally call themselves Dai Sifu, and they'll put it on their business cards and on their websites. And it is, if you understand anything about Chinese culture, it is the most ridiculous thing. So I don't want to give too much away because I want people to read that column in uh, in uh, Wing Chun Illustrated when it when it comes out. And, and uh, I hope people will enjoy it. And I put out a feeler there if anybody has any ideas of what they want me to write. Although quite frankly, I already pretty much know what I'm going to write for the next episode uh, or for the next issues, by the way, in the next, the latest Wing Chun Illustrated and the next Wing Chun Illustrated, I wrote a two part article on tonight's topic, which is locked in Bun Guan or the long pole in Wing Chun. So uh, people can, can take a look uh, at that. So I, I hope I don't repeat myself too much. If people have read my article. <laughs> well, we all know that I'm a big fan of uh, Wing Chun Illustrated and I'm somewhat of a fan of Alex. So together, don't overstate. Don't somewhat. overstate. I mean, Come let's, on. Let's don't not get fucking nuts. <laughs> you know, until you have an article about the truth, you know, my impact on your life, then I'll, then 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 you'll earn my respect. But um, it's uh, Alex Richter and and a, and, a, and a steady column in Wing Chun Illustrated is a is a good thing for everybody. I uh, okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. About I'm, excited it. I'm actually. I'm excited about seeing the second half of the Luke and Benguan article, just so I know what to say on this fucking podcast. <laughs> well, did, oh, did you did you read the first part? Of course, yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay, I have no idea. <laughs> Sometimes my my own students don't even know that because I, I write so many of those articles, they don't even know. <laughs> like one of my students actually on Facebook yesterday said, um, "Could you write something about the history of the long pole?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I just." wrote that and we got <laughs> illustrated like and this is one of my like really close students yeah so locked in bunguan i mean uh i'm actually very excited uh, about this topic because uh i think that in of all the topics in wing chun and, and we, we covered uh the first four forms uh in the last four episodes um but i think that long pole in general is something that's not talked about as much in wing chun because unlike some of the other kung fu styles the weapons tend to be less emphasized in Wing Chun 1 because I think honestly not a lot of people learn them and not a lot of people learned a proper version of them and two even from lineages that do have a let's say a respectable version of Lok Tim Bun Guan a lot of people quite frankly are a bit lazy to train it or they don't really see its utility or use anymore so they don't do it and I find that Lok Tim Bun Guan in Wing Chun is kind of a dying art and so I, I I've it it, I almost sound repetitive, but uh, I've written quite a bit about the long pole in Wing Chun Illustrated because, well, I think a lot of the other topics have already been written about, and I think long pole is not being is not being preserved um, enough by Wing Chun people. Would you Would you agree on that? Yeah, well, I think, uh, and one of the other reasons is so many people leave the system before learning the weapons. You know, with the weapons being right. at the very end, so many people leave the system. After like uh, the Zhang and Buji, that they the only thing they know about the pole is what they, you know, glanced over their shoulder learned from you know some of their seahings in the class. Sure. Not their, you know, not the dicey fool, only the seahings. But um, no know, one so, did see the dicey fool. He's he's locked in a room in a castle somewhere. Right. <laughs> there was, you know, so many people really don't know the form. Um, I'm that's actually my level in um in Wing Chun is uh. Is uh, I, I spend most of my time on uh, Lok Tem Pung Kwan. In fact, uh, this um, last weekend, I had uh, a bunch of my uh, students and friends here and my Sifu, and we spent a 
We spent the whole weekend playing with our poles. And um, <laughs> and um, it was just incredible. It was We had a whole weekend. A good portion of it spent on Luke and Punquan. And um, we had a lot of fun. It was uh, – it was, they, they, they came in for my birthday, and it was really nice, and I got some really awesome gifts, and um, we we had a great Kung Fu weekend, you know? It was like – That's uh, awesome. I saw a video – of the video that you posted, too, with your seafood just gave a brief explanation of uh, of uh, Tan Guan. Right, right, Tan Guan, right. Because we, we were talking about – well, um, so the reason that that was even shot was because I was doing something wrong. I was turning my lead foot – too much. I was kind of like taking a step off with Tanguan, mm-hmm. and he was trying to he was trying to get. So of course I passed this bad habit on to my students, and it was mm-hmm. like you know. So we were, he was trying to get that. The idea is just to clear center. That that you just got that you can step off if need be, but it's right. in really, application, yeah. in application. But for the form, just to kind of the idea at that point of the form is just to clear center. That. Right. Um, to move center. And that's, you know, um, it, I've thought of this before, but um, with knowing us doing the podcast and spending the last weekend with um, spending so much time on with, with a long pole, one of the things that popped into my head when, when he said this, they go, Sean, just think about, you know, moving center a little bit, just to clear center. That I don't, and again, I don't know if you see it this way, Alex, and that's fine. You're allowed to. You're allowed to disagree this one time. I kind of well, looked at you. looked at Bunguan as a microcosm of the whole Wing Chun system. How at least dare how, you, motherfucker! Stand up, motherfucker! It's it's, <laughs> it's it's if I look at it, like at least the way I learned it and the way I, the way I performed looked at Bunguan is the way the way we do it in, in my lineage is basically um, you do three. Buquan, three three mm. thrusting pole. I don't know. I don't know how to say it other than just that's what it is, thrusting pole. And that's kind of like yeah. um if I've said on the podcast before, like I look at the three forms as you know, learn the center. First form is learn the center, second form, move the center, third form, recover the center. If you look at looked in Punquan, it starts off with learning the center. And then you move the center. How we move it, we do Tan Quan, Qin Quan, Fu Quan. And then you recover the center, the half point. Which when, and we, we say the half point is the recovery end of it. That that, that mm-hmm. is to recover the center. And that's kind of like how we break down the form in that way. And, it, and to me, I look at that and I say, wow, it's the same thing as the empty hand forms. Now that may be just the way Moyat broke it down. It may be just the way my Sifu understood it from Moyat, but this is my understanding of it. Right. Is um when you look at the, the three forms, if you look at the three forms as you know, uh, learn the center, move the center, recover the center, and then you look at the look and Punquan form, you're learn the center, you're drilling the center with your Buquans, then you're moving the center, Tanquan, Fuquan, and then you recover the center. You know, Lan Quan and the, the half point movement. Um, it's just I just looked at it. I was like, wow, it's like a really nice microcosm of the system. You know, right? And, uh, I, I just for me, it was like it was like one of those light bulbs that go off. I don't even know if it's important or means anything, but when when I think of shit, I write it down. Just the you know, one day when I ever do write a book. 
<laughs> yeah. So, um, well, it's interesting. You, you, you said you said a few things in there that um, are uh, are definitely quite similar to how we do things. It, I think the first thing we have to kind of get off our chest, and this is very important before we even start, is basically, and I say this when I teach the first lesson of long pole, it's get over it. When you start talking about the long pole, everything is basically one dick joke. <laughs> so right, 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 it, exactly right. And it's like, so you have to get like the giggles out of you because you're going to say stuff like cross poles and like, you know, you have to make the, the tip of the end vibrate. And it's also, it's like, all right, just, just get, get it out of your system because it's going to be this podcast. Is I never even thought of that be before. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. This, this, this podcast is essentially going to be along. That's what she said slash Nick joke. All right. So um, having said that, um, well, it's interesting too, back to the, um, the point your, your Sibo had, had made a small point about um, the Tanguan about not moving the front foot. And um, it's interesting. That's exactly how we do it in, in the Lamenting lineage. And, um, and uh, very funny when that video came out, a very famous troll who we don't need to mention by name, um, a, a notorious uh, YouTube troll um, whom we actually know who he is. And, and uh, he's, he's basically kind of attacked all the Wing Chun people, but he, he gave away his identity by accident on multiple occasions. Um, he goes, oh, there's no, you know, there's no so-called Tanguan. And I can say, um, well, actually that troll is come totally wrong because um, <laughs> I've seen the 1967 footage of Grandmaster Yip Man's long pole form. So uh, as I mentioned multiple times on this podcast, in 1967, uh, Tan San, a very close private student of Yip Man, filmed him doing the forms in uh, the detectives uh, club and um, Grandmaster Yip Man doing the Siu Tao, the Cham Q, the complete wind dummy techniques and the long pole. And this video uh, was kept in Tang Sang's private collection uh, until he passed away in 1986 or 1987. After he passed away, the video went on to my Sifu, Keith Kanspecht in Germany, to which he uh, gave uh, Sifu Langting a copy of it. But the original one my Sifu has, um, and Langting has a copy of it. And, and for those of us who've learned the long pole um, under the Langting banner, we, we have been, we're shown the video. It's kind of like, you know, um, like they always say, when you become president, take you in the back room and they show you all the secrets and then, then, you, then, then suddenly you, you, you realize there is no escape, right? <laughs> so um, so I, I actually had the chance to see the 1967 footage of Grandmaster Yip Man performing the Siu Tao Cham Kyu, Wooden Dummy and Long Pole. So, um, and, and not, not to, to, to brag or anything, but uh, um, only, only people that my Sifu or Long Cheng has shown this video to have ever seen it because Tang Sang had never seen it. In fact, even Tang Sang's only student, um, Lo Ping Fei, who he taught in the 70s, didn't even, when I asked him, he didn't even know the video existed. So actually, Tang Sang was extremely loyal to Yip Man. In fact, that he never showed anybody this video, even his students his entire life. And he entrusted it to Sifu Kanspreit after he passed away because quite frankly, he didn't want it to go to the Chinese because he was afraid that they were going to exploit it and try to sell it for profit. And mm -hmm. Yip Man didn't want that video to be out there. So um, having seen it, um, I'm one of a, a few people who've actually seen Yip Man perform the Lokting Bunguan. As a result, I'm very keenly aware of what his long pole form looked like and keenly aware of people who claim to be teaching his long pole form and, uh, and swear that they learned it from him and what he teaches the most authentic. And I can tell you with, without a, a, a shred of doubt in my heart 
uh, that they are they either made it up or it is in fact um, just a complete fabrication in in some other way or they borrowed Lokdin uh, Bunguan from another source or something like that, right? Um, so in fact, Grandmaster Yip Man does the Tan Guan the same way your Sifu was showing you in that video and the same way Sifu Lang Ting showed me in the same way a number of other highly reputable Wing Chun Sifu show it. So that, 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 uh, that troll, that internet troll with his opinions, he, uh, he's, I don't know where he's, he's coming off of, but he's in fact dead wrong on that. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I just thought that that was a, uh, that was kind of, funny. well, I mean, it's just funny because he, 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 on certain occasions, really seems to be an insider. And on, on many things, he actually falls flat on his face, which is really funny. Um, it'd be great to actually out that guy someday, but he's actually not really, he's such a small potato, it doesn't even matter. Um, like you had mentioned, um, the, the long pole form is essentially a microcosm of Wing Chun. And that is because uh, the Lokdin Bunguan that we teach in, in Wing Chun has been highly modified by the Wing Chun fist fighting concept. Mm. So we have adopted a lot of Wing Chun fist fighting ideas into the Lokdin Punguan. The original Lokdin Punguan, which predates the uh, Wing Chun version, um, doesn't have many of those Wing Chun elements in there. It doesn't have things like Si Guan and Pun Guan, and, and it doesn't use names like Tan and Fuk. Right. It uses simpler names just like Cover and Circle and Cut. Um, that I think a lot of Wing Chun people, especially those who believe that um, we are uh, passing on unadulterated museum pieces from our forebearers, they have to understand that whether it was Yip Man or Yip Man's teachers or whatever, the Lokdin Bunguan in Wing Chun is highly modified to uh, be adapted to Wing Chun fist fighting ideas. And that alone makes it different from the original one. Right. So uh, I just wanted to kind of start off with, with those points there. I have a question for you, young man. What do you have a, um, well, you, let me preface. This is how it's broken down in our lineage. How um, Lukten Punguan level is, mm-hmm. is broken down in our lineage into four, is broken down into four sections. Mm-hmm. You, um, you start off with uh, Jin Choi. So basically mm-hmm. a, a low stance, Battle punches to the side, right? And you'll do that for right. however amount of months that you can do that. And and those are basically taught to us as a way of strengthening your lower body to handle being right. that low. And from there, from from there, we go to um, just buquan. You learn buquan, thrusting pull, uh-huh. right? Um, you learn. Uh-huh. We call it deal time off. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if you guys call it something different. Yeah, yeah, Ting Ti Du Tai Ma or Ting Ti Ma. It has a few names, but it, I, I know that name. Okay, so yeah, my, I learned it as Du Tai Ma, and uh, that's the, yep. uh, the pole sits on your rear hip. And um, for us, with the point doesn't go higher than our heads. Arms are right. extended all the way to on your rear leg. It's like a three point stance. And we learned that we, so Bu Quan to us is, and I'm, you know, so we'll go from Du Tai Ma. You drop into Jinma, which is our, our wide stance for the punches. Uh-huh. Do the pole thrust, return to deal time. Uh, then we do again the terminology. We all know I suck at terminology. Mm-hmm. I know it as Dun Quan, which is like a uh-huh. chop, yeah. chop down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Dun Quan. Yeah. Deal Quan, uh, chop up is what I, that's what I wrote in my notes, chop up. I don't, but basically, clearing of the line going down and up, bang, bang kind of yeah. thing. Right. 
And, and, and so that's like the second part of the system. The third part of Lotan Kwan level, not the form level, is Chi Kwan, which mm-hmm. is a uh, sticking pole drill. God, just that sounds fucked Yeah, up. I told you. That's why I said everyone just has to get out of their system. It's all dick. And actual Lutan Pun Kwan is not the name of the pole. That's something that drives me a little nuts online. You hear people refer to Lutan Pun Kwan. As if that's the name of the poll. That's the name of the form. Right. And it's not until you go through the first three, you know, sub-levels of, our, of, of that section that you'll actually learn the form from us in, 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 uh-huh. in my lineage. Um, so that's but, your progression. Uh, that's, that's, that's our progression and how, and how we do it. At least and that's how I learned it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, one, it's, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say one little cool thing um, that I, I just kind of dig on is Moyat would tell the story that he actually learned the Lukten Bunquan form. I know I've told you the story before, but Moyat actually learned the Lukten Bunquan form with from Yipman on a chopstick over over dim sum. Right. And that idea of Kung Fu life of discussing uh, the system over, over meals and everything he passed on. And that's how my, my seafood learned it from was introduced to the form over dim sum from Moyat with a, right. with a, with a, uh, a chopstick. I actually learned it at my kitchen table with a pencil. <laughs> and then we went in my living room and broke things with the actual pole. But, right. uh, it's, it's it's just kind of cool. It's like a little, little side thing that, like, you know, Moyat learned it in this really cool way with a chopstick from Yipman. Right. And, and then passed right. it on that way, you know. And I just think that was I – I just think that's kind of cool. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've heard similar stories before. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people forget that Gramsci uh, was quite old, especially in the latter part of his teaching career. So, you know, it wasn't uh, – um, long pole for anybody who's trained it. It's one of those things that it requires a certain amount of of strength to to be able to to wield it correctly. Of, of course, we're trying to find the most efficient way to hold the weapon, so we're not purely using brute strength to hold it up there and move. You want to move it in a way where it's actually your body that is generating the power, and you're not just flapping your arms around. But um, but even even so, you still need a baseline of power to even wield the thing. And if you don't train long pole for like a few weeks and then you pick up a long pole, it, it lets you know. It's a long pole is a very fickle mistress. If you um if you neglect it, <laughs> she will she will definitely hit hit you back. Um now uh to answer the question on the progression, we also have a four part progression to uh how we teach the long pole. It's a little bit different, structured a little bit um differently than the way you did but uh, still somewhat similar structure so part one is essentially strength training and foundational skills so we would do things like uh you know the the um mm-hmm. the you know in the horse stance with the punches the preparatory punches right. you do things like view one and then you do a whole battery of strength training exercises lang one and up in the air moving side to side so all these kind of things to essentially strengthen your, your arms and shoulders and, and forearms to hold the weapon and the basic buguan, the basic stance, and these arrow punches. That's one, um, and that's strength training and foundation. Part two is the Lokdim Bunguan form. So then we teach the Lokdim Bunguan form in its entirety. 
Um, and then once you've learned that, the third part is to learn the Qiguan. And then we have a whole Qiguan pro progression starting from Pun Guan to different exercises and attack and counter and up and down and this and that. And then the fourth part is Lat Guan. Lat Guan is the application of the long pole without contact. So if Qiguan is teaching you how to defend and attack when you have contact with the other weapon, um, then Lat Guan is okay, now we're squared off, we're essentially sparring, and then you're gonna attack me, and then we're gonna defend these things essentially against live attacks. And that's the four-part progression that's taught in, in WT. Um, it's interesting that there's a, a bone of contention uh, well, I shouldn't say a bone of contention, but there's a little bit of a discrepancy in terms of the um, term jin choi uh, for, the, uh, for the basic punches. So when we start teaching long bow, we essentially teach um, our students to go into the horse stance and then to do these kind of side-on punches. And that's for training the waist and training the stance and training the accuracy of, of lining up your shoulder and all this kind of stuff. And it's essentially a preparatory exercise. <laughs> but the problem is, the, the, the word jin, jin in, Canton, jin in Cantonese could be arrow, but it could also be battle. <laughs> and, um, and so there's discrepancy between whether it, it, the term means arrow punches, because you're shooting them to the side almost as if you're drawing a bow and arrow, or if it means battle punches. And in the Lengting system, we use the term arrow punches. And I know in the Moyat system, they use the term battle punches. And that's because right. those two terms actually are homophones, they, they sound identical in Chinese, the only difference is the character and obviously the meaning, but they sound the same. Um, so that's, that's interesting. But yeah, we have this four part um, progression from strength training to form to qi guan to lat guan. And, and that's, um, that's how it's done in the um, learning system. Now, um, so our progressions are similar, they're both four parts, even though the, the order may be a little bit different. Um, to something that nobody can can uh, agree on, what the term Loktim Punguan means. Now we know it means six and a half point pole, which is the name of the techniques and not, like you said, not the name of the actual pole itself. The pole is, this means pole. And the type of pole that is used in, in Wing Chun is called Xu Mei Guan or Dan Tao Guan. Dan Tao Guan means single headed pole. What we mean by single-headed pole, it means that we only hit with one end. Um, if you look at like the other Shaolin styles, they have like the poles are a little bit shorter and they hit with both sides of it. And that's known as Seung Tao Guan. Seung Tao Guan means double-headed pole, means you hit with both ends. But Wing Chun, we, we essentially use our pole like a spear. We only use the one side. So it, that's why it's known as a Dan Tao Guan or a single-headed pole. And the other name for it is Sumeguan. Sumeguan means a rat tail pole because as many people know, it's tapered at the end. It's like maybe uh, two inches thick on the handle end or maybe a little bit thicker and then one inch thick on the striking end. So it's a tapered long pole. It's a very specific design. And I see that because I see a lot of people doing the Yip Man long pole and they're using like little stabs or they're using like bamboo sticks or they, they're not even using like the correct equipment. Um, but one of the things that even in the Yip Man lineage, no one can agree upon is what are the six and a half points? So I don't know if you want, I mean, if you don't want to give it away in your system, that's fine. But if you maybe wanted to elaborate a little bit on what the six and a half point name means to you. Okay, so what it means to me, I, I have no problem. I, I'll fucking say anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very basic, I'll be honest with you. As far as the way um, I've learned it, 
And um, when you when you when you break down the 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 form as it's taught in Moyat Wing Chun, the six points are literally the six buquans in the form. You start off with three thrusts right down center, then you go tang tangguan thrust four, Xunquan thrust five, fuquan thrust six, and then the, rec- the the half point. That's some debate. So in there's this kind of like um, recovery movement with the poles. You so you you'll do what, what I call lanquan. So you thrust, mm-hmm. thrust like like basically the pole takes on the shape of a lanzao, right? You thrust it right. out, and then from there it comes to center, and that 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 coming to the center is a is a recovery motion. And then you come back, and then you do this like little foot in the Moya Wing Chun. They just kind of like flip it, just bring it down to your waist. Some people, right. some of my um, Kung Fu uncles, refer to just that little section as the half point because it kind uh-huh. of it, it kind of like takes the shape of a half from a point. Right. My Sifu um, teaches me that the whole recovery part of the form. Mm-hmm. Is the half point of the of, of the of the form. So you right. have the six full thrusts, three down center, and then three after each, one after each move, movement, and then the recovery end of the form is what we refer to as the half point. And um, so that that's how we come that's how we come up with six and a half points. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I um uh I've I've researched Lokdin Bungon quite a bit because I'm I'm really fascinated by it. First of all, I, I I think it's a lot of fun to practice. And I also think that a lot of people in Wing Chun don't really pay a lot of attention to it. So I've decided to really, you know, put a little extra effort in making sure that the long pole techniques that that I learned from Sifu Lang Ting and also from other famous Chinese masters is really as top-notch as I can make it, and that the students have a chance to really practice with weapon, not just like learn the form and then say they know it, but really, really know that, that they can use it. So um, after learning the Lokdin Bunguan in the Leung Ting system, and, and I, like I said, I didn't just learn it from Sifu Leung Ting, I also learned it from, um, you know, other high-level masters in his association, most notably, um, I did some training in the Lokdin Bunguan with Sifu Carson Lau, and also Sifu Elman Leung, uh, among others. And after I left Sifu Leung Ting's association, I, I went to Hong Kong. Actually, I just did this two years ago. And I wanted to learn the Lokdin Bunguan from the Lam Sai Wing lineage. Lam Sai Wing is one of the most famous Hongar masters in, in like, the lore of Hongar. He was, like, Wong Pei Hong's most famous student. And Lam Sai Wing Bunguan in one of his forms. And I saw it on a video, and I talked about this in, in that first part of the article. I saw it in a video, and the Lokdin Bunguan from the Lam Sai Wing lineage looked very, very similar to Yip Man's long pole form in the Tang San video. And I saw that, and I was like, what? Like, right. Because here was a Hong Kun form, a Hong Kun version of Lokdin Bunguan that looked closer to Yip Man's form than many of Yip Man's own students who claim that they're doing the actual long pole form. So that's what I knew. I was like, I, you know, I don't want to put anybody in a bad line, but I really feel that a lot of the students of Grandmaster Yip Man 
are um, unfortunately bullshitting the fact that they learned the Lokdin Bunguan because having seen Yipman's Lokdin Bunguan on the video and having been able to compare it to what Sifu Leung Ting teaches and what was taught in Hongkun or whatever, I, I feel I have a pretty strong baseline in terms of what Lokdin Bunguan is supposed to look like. And there are always variations, but I know kind of what the main movements are. And many of Yipman's so-called close students or whatever are, they're just, you know, and some guys doing a drum solo to go back to like, you know, uh, music with another one of your passions. You know, when somebody's doing a drum solo and there's like a moment when they kind of sputter out and you uh -huh. can tell that they've kind of used all of their best drum movements. Uh -huh. They're like, and then just like, Right. And, and, and then maybe in a moment later, then they come back to doing some standard song they know. It's like that kind of like total lack of creativity sputtering that happens in a drum solo. I feel that that's what most people are doing when they put a long pole in their hand. Even people who go on YouTube and they're like here and then they're just kind of doing some stuff they saw once, but they don't really know what they're doing. Sure. You can tell there's a few, there's a few telltale signs as to whether somebody is a real long pole expert and, and you know, I can take a look at somebody's video and, and know right away, even if the Lokti Bunguan is different from the one I do and they're always different. Um, right. But you can still tell if there's certain principles that are adhered to, you go, okay, that dude knows what he's doing with that weapon or that guy is just, he's just drum solo sputtering with something right. in his hands. You know what I mean? Sure, and, sure. And, and so, um, that's uh, um, the, the, the meaning of Lokti Bunguan. I, I, I've come to notice that there are as many definitions of what the actual points are and what it means, how many people you ask. So if you ask certain people in the Yiman lineage, you'll get very uh, direct uh, answers. Like, for example, in, in the Lengting system, you know, we basically say, okay, in the Lokti Bunguan, we have six so-called full movements and then one half movement, right? And then, but those are six specific movements and only one of them is biu. So like in the Langting system, it's like biu, tang, chao, tiu, uh, hun, but, and then the half fence is the bun, jelan. Um, so those are like essentially seven movements and the seventh one is the so-called half point, right? Right. And, and those are not, it doesn't mean that there are only seven movements in the form. It means that those are like seven and so, for example, biu, there are many different ways to do biu from different positions, and they all fall under the point of biu. And then tangguan, there are many different ways of doing tangguan. You can hit it on the floor, you can hit it on someone's weapon, you can thrash it. So there's many different ways of doing tang, and they all fall under the category of that one point. Q, yeah, yeah, the sideward flick. There are different ways of doing the sideward flick. Now, that's Leung Ting's way of doing it. So, so you have seven specific points. But then you have people, like you said, like, okay, you basically have six stabs with the pole. And then we have some kind of half technique, whatever that is, whether that's a section or a specific movement or whatever. I've heard that explanation from other people as well, not just from you. Then, um, you know, I've heard other people have uh, another set, seven specific movements that are slightly different than the ones Lang Cheng listed. So... I'm starting to have the feeling that there's not a whole lot of agreement. Even when I learned it from the Hongkun guy, the right. master Mak Chi Kong, I asked him, I said, uh, so Mak Sifu, what are the six and a half points? One of the 
top home grandmasters in Hong Kong, and he's one of the most skilled. When you see him with the pole in his hand, then he starts doing the Lok Tim Bungon or even the other Hong Kong forms, you go, yeah, that's a master with the weapon. I mean, he's not just somebody who's just doing a fancy form. Like, he actually knows how to use it in combat, and he can explain right. it. And so Wing Chun people have to realize that even in traditional Kung Fu, they're not the only ones who can apply something. There are other Kung Fu styles that they're really practical and, and those guys also know what they're doing. And I asked Maxivo and Maxivo taught me the form and, and, and it was just amazing. I mean, I did like seven hours of training with him just to learn his version of Lok Ting Bung one and his application. It was amazing. And I asked him, I said, so what are the six and a half points in the Lam Sai Wing lineage? And he looked at me and he's like, mm, I'm not sure tells right. me they're not sure I trust them automatically because people will talk out of their asses when they don't know what they mean. Right, right, and right, people right. who really don't know are, are not afraid of saying they don't know, you know, and right. I, I wish more martial artists would say, you know what, I'm not sure about that, but this is my idea, or I'm not sure about that. Maybe you should go as that guy. Right. right so, right, right. Um, but he also had a very similar um, explanation to what you have, because in the Lam Sai Wing, Lok Tim Bunguan, which I believe, is, um, well, it's certainly a much older version than our Wing Chun version, probably closest to the original one. It's definitely closer to the original one than any Wing Chun version is, right? So that's why right. I was super keen to learn it. But they also do a total of six stabs. Now, they, in, in Wing Chun, a lot of the Wing Chun styles do like, they start with three stabs, all right? And whether they do three with continuous steps or they do three and go back and then one and then go like they go one and go back, one and go back, one and go back. Or in the learning system, we actually do three consecutively while advancing. But if you total the number of Buguans in the learning form, it also totals six. And we basically do three at the beginning and then we do one this side, one on that side. And then, and then we do, um, you know, one at the end, which is the sixth one, right? right? And then you did it like you had three and then one on that. Like, and then, so the order might be a little bit different, but it comes to six. Well, in the Lam Sai Wing version, it also comes to six, but they do two to the middle, two to that side, and two to the other side, total of six. Okay. And then he also, he also does like a half, like a big circle movement at the end that he calls the half point. Right, right. So what I'm looking at is I'm going, very few styles are going to be in total agreement about anything, but I'm starting to feel that the things that are in all the different lineages are closer to the truth than the differences are between your version and my version. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm going like, well, at the end of the day, you have six stabs. The Lung Ting version has six stabs. The older Lung Sai Wing version has six stabs. So maybe... It's not the, the way Leung Ting says it, like Biu Dang Tiu, Tao, all those. Maybe it literally is six stabs and then some kind of circling, recovering, whatever you want to call it at the end as being essentially a half point. So although in the Leung Ting system, we have seven specific points, but I'm open-minded enough to go, well, that's an explanation for it, but it could also be the, a simpler one like yours, six stabs and then some round stuff at the end. And so um, I, I think there's, there's definitely something to be said for that. Um, and yeah, so um, I think we're more in agreement on those things than, you know, the differences would, would, would make it seem to be. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of, you know, Luton Pung Kwan doesn't get spoken about a lot and, no. I'm, I'm really glad we did this tonight. 
Yeah, me too. Are we out of time already? Oh, it's 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 a full hour. That went by so fast, and I realized I still have a ton more shit to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, we can talk a little bit more. We um. Well, no, we can we can do a long bull part too. Remember, we need to squeeze this lemon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> because actually, what what we did today is we talked about the progression of Lokdin Bungan. We've talked a little bit about the tech, a little bit about how it's taught and what the, it is, but we haven't really talked about it too much from a technical standpoint. And we haven't talked about too much of uh, like the training method. So I think that that might be, make a great um, future podcast to actually do like the, the Lokdin Bungwan 2.0 podcast, because then um, I actually, although we could easily do a 2.0 podcast on any of the form topics we did, we could do Siunam Tao again and again and again from different perspectives. Um, but I'm excited to do Lokdin Bungwan more um, because, like you said, it's so rarely talked about that right. um, I don't think it's gotten its fair shake. Lokdin Bungwan as a, a technique, as a body of knowledge, as something that enhances your Wing Chun skill is something that I think needs to be pushed out a little bit more in the forefront. Uh, um, and people who are like, well, when am I going to fight with a nine-foot-long weapon? Eh. When are you going to fight with your fists anyway, for the most part, when yeah, these exactly people talk? Right. Second of all, actually, I have a very solid answer for why Lokdin Bunguan is vital to really understand Wing Chun. And I think that that is, that's another podcast. I, I think if I just kind of talked about it quickly now, I wouldn't do it justice. You know what I mean? So I think we, we should maybe, we should definitely save that for another time. Yeah, okay. So yeah, we're, we're right at an hour right now. I think like, we're 55 wow, minutes kind of, kind of thing. Um, I wanted to mention two things before we say goodbye. Uh, while we were on the podcast, I just got a message that um, Pete Jacobs, an original Bruce Lee student that trained in the uh, Bruce Lee's Chinatown School, uh, passed away. And um, it's, a, it's a really sad thing. I mean, uh, I know he was very good friends with um, – my my teacher Steve Golden, Steve Golden and Pete Jacobs were very close, and uh, it's a sad thing. I don't mean to end the podcast on a sad note, but I literally just got a notification about it, and I wanted to make wow. sure I uh, we we pass our condolences on to you, um, Mr. Jacobs's family and 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 friends and students, and we are absolutely sorry sorry to hear this. Um, I I I, I remember years ago hearing that. Uh, Pete Jacobs in his little uh, backyard school or garage school, he named it. I, I don't remember the name of the city, but let's just say the Long Beach or Long Branch, Long Branch Gun Club. No guns allowed. And that was, <laughs> that was the name of his school. And I just thought that was very cool. It was a gun club. No guns allowed. <laughs> yeah, I th I th that's that's funny. I think you know when when another. Um martial artist passed away who had some, you know, for us connection to Wing Chun or Bruce Lee or Jeet Kune Do. And obviously people are, you know, passing away in, in, in other arts as well. But, you know, obviously Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do is our, our main thing. Um, I, this is why I think people really need to do a better job in terms of preserving the stories and preserving, you know, the stories of their sifus and the techniques and, and, and all this. This is part of what I'm doing in that greater Yip Man project is say, you know, there's only a finite number of people who train with Yip Man who are still around, same as in with Bruce Lee, and they're not getting any younger. And nowadays, you know, if you have an iPhone 7, you have 
a video camera on your phone that can shoot in 4K. And if you are a student of somebody who trained with Bruce Lee or trained with Yip Man or trained with anybody of note, put a camera in front of them and just ask them to just tell you some stories and what it was like. And it doesn't have to be what so-and-so's bong sell or straight punch look like or whatever, but just the stories of like the funny things that happened in school, things that really humanize these people that we all look up to because we couldn't put an iPhone in front of Grandmaster Yuan back in those days, but we can do it with the people who are still around. And archiving these things is, is we're in a period now where it's, it's, it's easier than it's ever been in human history. And I would really implore people to not take their sifus for granted um, because sifus, whether they came from a famous lineage or not, if, if you're learning from somebody who is really worth learning from, they're a treasure trove of knowledge, of stories, of things that, you know, they're not going to be around forever. And you're going at, at one point, you know, when your Sifu's not around anymore, you're going to want to go, man, what was that story again that Sifu used to always tell us about whatever? And one day that's going to be too late. So don't let it be too late. Put a camera in front of somebody that you really respect. Of course, you have to ask their permission first. But um, right. do your best to archive whatever it is because um, – uh, the arts need oh, them. Sure. The traditional martial arts really need it. Absolutely. And, um, and Alex's students should especially do this because Lord knows there's not enough fucking video of Alex talking. And, <laughs> and quite frankly, we all know that one day I'm going to just reach out and choke this son of a bitch and he's not going to be here. He's going to have to correct me on how I said some fucking Chinese word. So, <laughs> how did you say "look in pun guan" again? <laughs> Look in pun bite me. All right? Yeah, there you go. Perfect, perfect. That one was the best one so far. So, as always, as we wrap it up here, just want to remind you guys to uh, give us a like on our Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page if you have not done so already. Also, whenever we post these podcasts to the Dudes of Kung Fu. Uh, Facebook page, please reshare it. Let other people know it. Like the living hell out of it. If you have multiple Facebook accounts, like you got your regular one and then you got the weird one that you stalk people with, like it with that one too. We need all the help we can get. Uh, if you uh, listen to this podcast on iTunes or Android, please write reviews on iTunes or Android because those things really do help to up our numbers. We did hit a milestone last week. We surpassed 20,000. Uh, downloads on on the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, which is amazing. So we thank you guys for all that awesome support. We are also on Twitter, Dudes of Kung Fu. You can send us messages. Now, guys, we're not always on Facebook. We also have lives outside of the social media world. I'm a tremendously busy martial arts instructor. Sean has like a real job and he teaches people and he also plays guitar. So, you know, we can't always answer right away. And sometimes we're not always going to answer because we have other messages we need to attend to. So, um, you know, be a little patient with us if you guys send us messages. But don't let that dissuade you from sending us messages. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, yeah, let people know about the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast. And so, in addition to that, we should tell them about the Dudes on MMA. That's right. So we're going to do a once-a-month podcast on Dudes on MMA so that our uh, very sensitive Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun listeners who don't know and or like and or offended by MMA don't need to listen to Sean and I talk about Conor McGregor ever again on this podcast. <laughs> my God, people are like, 
Well, you can do, you, you know, like, I love the thing you did about Wayne, but, like, I'm, I don't even know who, like, Anderson Silva is. I don't even want to hear about that. So it's like, okay. Um, apparently, Sean and I are the only Jeet Kundo and Wing Chun people who do not get our panties in a bunch about MMA, and we actually quite like it. So we're going to put that on a separate platform so as to not offend anyone's sensibilities uh, who listens to us. So, uh, Leah. So, um, yeah, look, look out for that. That should be coming soon. Yeah, look out. It's gonna be, we're going to call it Dudes on MMA. All right, guys. Hope everybody yes. enjoyed this podcast. Um, when we come back with the next uh, Dudes of Kung Fu, we'll, we'll, we're going to hit the, the Bachang Dao. Or however you say Wait, that. say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I just love hearing you say Chinese. You know what? If we have short, fans short, out there. Okay? It, it translates to short fucking knife. So, so. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention the most famous long pole motto, which is "Yap Chun Chung, Yap Chun Kung," which is "One inch longer, one inch stronger," <laughs> which is like my favorite. So, and that is a honest to god, uh, way, uh, a long pole motto. Um, anyway, if we have a fan out there who does like audio clips and stuff like that, I would love for somebody to go through our last few seasons of Dudes of Kung Fu and just cut out all of the clips of Sean saying the, the Chinese terminology and just string it together into one video <laughs> and so or one audio clip and send it to me so I can like, I can, I can make my own funny so video on it. So you can fucking study so, it, you prick. It would be so <laughs> great. I would love to hear it. Or even just the audio clips of me making fun of Sean when he totally <laughs> fails at the Chinese. That would be great. Oh, yeah. So oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Alex Richter's student. Start taping him, because I'm going to choke this motherfucker. I guarantee you one of your students said it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right, we'll guys. See you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.